0: Welcome to another episode of Focused on Christ, where we are passionate about exalting Christ and equipping the church. I'm Mike Crump here with Pastor Nathan Smith. And on today's episode of Focused on Christ, we'll be looking at two important claims of Jesus in John chapter 10. Uh, Before we get there, we did have a question from a listener who was asking what happened to the Ark of the Covenant between the first temple, the second temple, and even the time of Jesus? Um, do we know what happened to this arc? And we know it kind of disappeared. We know Indiana Jones picks it up at some point. Yeah, I thought right? we
1: answered this question in an earlier episode. Harrison Ford liberated yeah, it from that's, the Nazis. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's in some warehouse in Utah. <laughs> Uh, w- what happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, we don't know. Okay. Um, th- we know that it disappears off the scene, probably in the destruction of the temple when we're looking at the Babylonians coming okay. in and destroying the temple. It also could have been um, sold off or been one of the raids even before that. Okay. What happened to it? There's a lot of conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. unfortunately, out there. Yeah. Some people believe it's in Ethiopia. Yeah. There, there, there's these churches that are carved out of stone, and there's these monks in Ethiopia that claim that they have, they guard it, right? They, they guard yeah, it yeah. literally, and they they claim they have it. Yeah. Um, other people think it's hidden in a secret vault um, underneath the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons um, some of the conspiracy theories that you have the rabbis digging tunnels. They're called the Rabbi tunnels. You can walk through them today. Yeah. Um, to get as close to as they can as the holy of holies but they're also looking for maybe evidence uh, so, of the Ark exactly. and where it may be, yeah, yeah, where these vaults might be. Um, and it's interesting from a – it isn't. this is not a conspiracy comment, just more of fascination, yeah. is that because of the bedrock um, is so dense on the Temple Mount mm-hmm. – you can't actually probe what's down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, could there be vaults under there that uh, from Solomon or yeah. where they hid things? Very possibly. My, I think probably my point would be is if even if there are, even if they did discover it, mm-hmm. how would that change anything? Yeah. Um, with no disrespect to the scriptures, at one time it was the the seat of God in the tabernacle in the temple. Now that Jesus has come, yeah it's a gold box. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, it has no inherent magical powers. Mm-hmm. All significance has been fully transferred from the Ark of the Covenant to Christ. Mm. Now, the practical question then is if with the Ark of the Covenant being the seat of atonement, mm-hmm. uh, as we see in the Old Testament, uh, how do people observe uh, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, yeah. without the Ark of Covenant? How do modern Jews Yeah, how does do? that work? Well, they do it in their heart. Okay. Uh, Rabbis will say you need to do atonement in your heart. Uh, That has massive problems because Mm -hmm. only the priests were to give uh, atonement sacrifices. It was only to be done uh, by the high priest. Mm -hmm. So for everybody to do it in their heart, it's kind of like, well.
0: Is everyone a priest at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And who's qualified to actually do that? Yeah. so really, they, they can't, mm-hmm. but they try to get around it. And even the book of Hebrews, one of the reasons it's so significant is that uh, you're doing this in your heart, but Jesus is the fulfillment. He's the one who's made it possible to be done with all that. Yeah. And he alone is qualified to actually do that.
0: Amen. Well, speaking of Jesus, um, today we're going to be looking at two significant claims that he made in John 10, and both are associated with sheep. Um, is there any context to shepherding at this time that could be helpful for us to understand? Because we do see this metaphor and picture of Jesus and, and sheep and us as sheep uh, anything that would be helpful for us?
1: Uh, it, may, it may sound strange, but the, the connotation of the shepherd is very royal in imagery. Hmm. Like r- the shepherd is royal imagery in the ancient Near East. Okay, We look at it from a very agrarian, very warm and caring, and it definitely does have that. But most kings in the ancient Near East, uh, there were references to them. They're, they're called the shepherd's. The shepherd of their sheep, hmm. they're the ones who are tending the flock. Even uh, certain gods were called the shepherds. Hmm. Um, if you look actually in ancient Egypt, this is one, probably the, the clearest demonstration, uh, go ahead and Google an image of the pharaoh. Hmm. And the, uh, the if you'll see him often with his arms crossed and yeah. a scepter in one hand and a crook. Oh, In yeah, the other I've seen hand, that. Yeah. It's the shepherd's crook because even the Pharaoh was called the shepherd of his people. Hmm. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, Psalm 23, mm-hmm. and, or not Jesus to say, sorry, Scripture says yeah. that, that that he is the, the shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, that he leads his people. That is very agrarian imagery, but it's also a polemic, which is like a um, uh, he's against the culture of his time. He's making a statement that says everybody else says they're the shepherd. Yeah. But I'm the only shepherd. Gotcha. And I am the good shepherd that will lead you through. And then Jesus picks up on that Psalm 23 imagery, mm-hmm. that cultural imagery that says, I am king. Yeah. But I am also the only one who actually can shepherd people into life. Mm, amen. So there's a lot there.
0: Yeah, It's It's not just a nice, warm imagery. Well, let's look at some of that imagery here in John 10. Um, Beginning in verse 7, we see, uh, it says, "'So Jesus again said to them, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. "'All who came before me are thieves and robbers, "'but the sheep did not listen to them. "'I am the door. "'If anyone enters by me, he will be saved "'and go in and out and find pasture.'" What does it mean that Jesus is the door? Because, I mean, obviously, that's a he, he's claiming himself to be that, so there's significance there. How are we to understand it?
1: Uh, he's the only way into life. And like what I was just saying when Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, and all who came before me mm-hmm. are thieves and robbers. All these other kings and all these other people came before and said, Ah, oh, we're the shepherd. No, Jesus says... All of those are liars. I am the only one. I'm the only way into life. I am the only access point mm. to find that fulfillment that we see in Psalm 23. So this is actually a statement that is royal. Mm-hmm. It's also very affectionate, but it's also a statement on uniqueness and exclusivity. Okay. He's not saying, I am one of many doors. I am the only door.
0: Gotcha. Is there anything to, and I've, I've heard it in teachings and, and even some of the commentaries I was looking at, that— in the sheep pens of the ancient days, the shepherd would lay across the entry path to kind of guard the door, but also to keep the sheep in. And it's kind of a an affectionate—it kind of gets back to that warm agrarian mindset of I'm going to lay with the sheep and I'm going to be here to protect and also to keep out those who are harmful.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it is helpful imagery. I would just point out that Jesus did not see fit to bring in that imagery in this discussion, you know, he doesn't say, I am the one who lays across the opening.
0: Well, I guess it was the door the, 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 frame. Yeah, yeah
1: the, the the door inference. Yep. Um, even as we look at that, people would have understood that as he is the physical, physical door. barrier. Okay, right? gotcha. Um, I think that probably the answer is yes, you're right, Mike. Uh, probably my, my, my concern is that sometimes... Sometimes we develop almost like a Christian mythology out of neat stories. Yeah, uh, that develop out of Jesus as the shepherd. I know this really m- makes some people sad, but there's this story about um, the bro- the bones you've broken um, might be healed. Uh, yeah. in Psalm 51, um, and the image of the shepherd that would break the the lambs. Uh, you know, Legs carry legs, him, on, carry the him on the shoulder. He gets yeah. used to his scent, slowly heals, and finally when he's healed, he doesn't yeah. walk away from him again. Really, really sweet story. Has no historical basis. Gotcha. Matter of fact, that was adopted from like a 5th, 6th century practice um, and then even mm-hmm. a 17th, 18th century practice, but has no practice in the ancient Near East. Okay. It, it is a classic mistake when we take a modern mm-hmm practice in the Middle East or a modern practice that we see in the last couple of hundred years and assume because they do it now, that's what they did back then. Gotcha. So when we look at those type of things, I'm just careful about developing too much further mm. an image than what is in the passage. Now, what you did bring out, going back to what does it mean that Jesus is the door? Yeah. Because he equates himself and says, I am the door, mm-hmm. regardless of the actual practice that was done at that time, he is not saying, I have the keys to a door. Yeah. Like he's literally standing in the gap saying it is through me like I am the agent I am the means I am the access point
0: showing his exclusivity it is Christ alone Mm -hmm. and uh, that's how you access uh, that so no that's very helpful I think it, it is funny how over time you hear stories and you hear stories and you hear stories and there can be an assumption that oh yeah that relays all the way back there. And uh, so being wise about this as we come into it, not trying to infer too much into uh, what is actually being said in the Scriptures.
1: I also think that people who go to Heritage will know of my thing for angels. Right? (laughs) Oh, oh, here we go! Here again. we go! Here we go! Okay, what what is what is the, what is the issue with angels? I'm talking about the <laughs> cuddly, precious moments angels. When in fact they're ferocious warrior beings yes. of incredible might. Yes. Okay, I won't belabor it. I'm gonna stop myself. Are you done? But you just had to just, you just you no, know, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. all right. Okay, so 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 the other the other one aside from angels, yeah. you know you know what's next to the precious moment angels? What's that? Is Jesus the shepherd? Okay. Because it it is that very affectionate, warm imagery, mm-hmm. and it's found its way into popular culture, and it, and it's gotten to the point where it's almost like this weak and soft image instead of this royal, dignified, mm. and powerful statement about his identity yeah. that also is coupled with an affectionate heart. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I kind of, I, I, I pull on this one specifically because it's one of those images of God mm-hmm. that sometimes has been postcarded mm-hmm. or has been popularized. Yeah with people not really understanding what's actually behind the statement.
0: Gotcha. So it's 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 both and. Right? It is both and. It, it is. Christ is regal, authority, king. All the others are nothing. Yes. And at the same time, I am stooping low with my sheep. I am here. You hear my voice. There's affection. All that is still part of it. Exactly. But it's. I, I agree. We tend to lean into one, usually based off cultural desire i think there's just that right now we love that kind of imagery while the regal thing stands almost in opposition of our individualistic desires right so um, okay well let's get let's move into that because you want to talk about angels no i'm done i'm done let's we're we've had that conversation nathan (laughs) i'll have it again john john 10 11 jesus says i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. And he goes on to say that they are a hired hand who cares nothing about the sheep. Um, What is Jesus's primary objective with this illustration?
1: He's demonstrating that the, specifically the scribes and the Pharisees who have been charged with the oversight of the law in Israel, they they, they had this responsibility, but They don't really care for the sheep. They have no direct affection, and they flee as soon as anybody comes Mm -hmm. and actually use the sheep only for their own ends. That's what a hired hand does. Yeah. Whereas the shepherd has great affection and care for his flock. Mm -hmm. There is a sense of guarding. There's a sense of um, ownership. Um, And so he's he's contrasting himself with those who have come before. Mm
0: -hmm. And so he's speaking out to, obviously, as you were saying, the Pharisees, to uh, the scribes, those who have placed a burden upon the people, a religious burden, but yet did not have deep affection and care for them um, in that way. Do we see this even today? Because I I know I have seen it, um, is where you have those who claim Christ, even his authority as a pastor, as an elder, as somebody in leadership, and yet... They do not treat the Church of God in that way, as a pa- as a shepherd, as a lowly shepherd. Um, what characterizes the hired hand, if you will, in our day oh, and age? But even um, just scripturally, because I know you're, you're currently yeah. we're in we're in First Timothy uh-huh. here at Heritage, and you're at that passage. You're looking at kind of the yeah. the. Parts of what what it is to be a false teacher, or those who how would how would you describe the
1: hired hand? Uh, the hired hand has a bad theology of angels. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Uh, All right. Sorry. This concludes. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We we're going through First Timothy, and one of one of the aspects of, of the false teacher, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. The elder is often called the the one who is shepherding. You know, yeah. even the, the the scriptures say shepherd the flock of God. Yeah. Uh, so it picks up on that imagery, mm-hmm. and we, as the under shepherds, as elders, are responsible to our chief shepherd. Mm-hmm. So the imagery continues. Uh, the The hired hand is one who is out for their own aggrandizement. They're characterized by going away from the gospel, mm-hmm. from uh, going away from Christ, from getting lost in controversies yeah. and uh, speculations and self-promotion. And then mm-hmm. even uh, we looked recently in First Timothy that uh, that the, the, the fruit of their efforts produces envy, dissension, suspicions, yeah. confusion. I mean, the fruit of their efforts over time does not produce godliness yep. or an affection for God, it actually shows them garnering power for themselves mm-hmm. and putting the focus on themselves. Yeah. Anyone who is a platform does not mean that you are central to attention, um, because pastor and elders are often on the platform. hmm but you can tell whether or not you have a platform of five or a platform of 5,000. Oh, you know, and that's mm-hmm. your audience. Um, the shepherd, the, the, the godly shepherd is constantly trying to direct the focus and the attention on Christ. Mm. The ungodly or the hired hand is the one who, whether with five or 5,000 is like, Hey guys, Look at me. Yeah. Come to me. Let me tell you about what cereal I had this week because it's all about me. And let me tell you lots of stories about me. Yeah. Self-stories are not bad, but never, ever to the detriment to where people walk away knowing more about the pastor than Christ. Yeah.
0: I think uh, 1 Timothy, as you were saying, 1 Timothy 6, um, there's one description that really hit me, and that is that they are imagining that godliness is a means of gain. hmm that they aren't after the godliness in order to bring about glory to Christ or to care for the church, to be a picture of Christ to the church. It is all about that gain for self. And so as we see those who are, even in our world today, who are hired hands, who are not rightly taking care of the church, it is good to know that we have a great shepherd Mm -hmm. who is mighty above all Mm -hmm. and even those who have maybe endured harm at the hands of those who have Mm -hmm. uh, done disservice to the church um, the great shepherd is there in a means of hope and peace and even healing Um, and so my encouragement as someone who has walked some of that path Mm -hmm. is to find a place where christ is exalted because there you will find healing for your soul and a great security in him
1: amen as we look at this passage, Mike, and I know that as we're about to close, but with regards to the the sheep imagery, mm-hmm. it's really important to note that this is very Old Testament imagery. Mm-hmm. The, the understanding of God as the shepherd and the people as His sheep, and it is warm and affectionate, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I also want to point people and remind them that this is actually not the greatest image of affection that God uses to describe our relationship with him. Mm. It's wonderful to talk about God as our shepherd. Um, But you know what? The shepherd, the sheep are not his children. The sheep are not his family. Mm. It's not the same thing. So we go from sheep and shepherd to now father and child mm. and their greatest height that even the old testament saint did not have full understanding or access to is that now in christ he is our older brother amen we are the brother of god we are the children of god we have been adopted into the family of God. So as beautiful as the shepherd sheep imagery is, it's actually a stepping stone going from Old Testament to where in the New Testament we see it fulfilled that okay, you're not just sheep. Yeah. You're children. Yeah. With all the rights and the inheritance and the authority and not only is your shepherd a king, you as a child have been invited to sit on the throne with him amen so for me it's very important that this is where biblical theology comes in where we actually say okay we'll take this imagery mm-hmm. and we bring it to its full culmination and fulfillment mm. that scripture does
0: amen and to that end I, I would love to just talk real quickly uh, in John 10 mm. Jesus declaring just again goes to this beautiful love that he has Um he says in verse 17 for this reason the father loves me because I lay down my life that I have that I may take it up again no one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again this charge I have received from the father and of course he is speaking of his death on the cross that he is willfully and actively pursuing his own death for the sake of the sheep, for the glory of the Father. Mm-hmm. And if we, if you ever question God's love, mm-hmm. if you ever question Christ's love for you, consider that. Yes, that He was willing, because He did not. And I love how the significance of it being Him giving it up, yeah, not being taken from Him, yeah, because it wasn't taken, yeah, it was an act of sacrifice that He gave.
1: He's able to lay His life down,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: He's able to pull it back up. And that's that authority, That's authority and that power, and also just the incredible affection he has for us as his sheep, or more importantly, his children.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Nathan, great discussion. Yes. Always an encouragement, and I pray that this has been an encouragement to you as well. Uh, We do appreciate you listening. Uh, One book that kind of ties into some of that shepherding and gentle and lowly aspect of Jesus that we referenced uh, earlier and just a good balance is – dane ortland's a gentle and lowly book we've mentioned it before Uh, we'd encourage you to take a look at that if you want more on jesus in that uh in that picture Uh, while you're scrolling Through our past episodes, Uh, episode four is where you'll find that gentle and lowly conversation. And while you're going through those episodes, we encourage you to like and subscribe to our podcast. You can also share reviews on whatever platform you are listening to. Uh, Your support helps us to reach more with these conversations and to share uh, more about Christ with those who would listen. Uh, You can find links to all this at our website at FocusedOnChrist.com.